The night was hot, and Wade Kinsella was even hotter. His arms are straining under the weight of that smells of and he puts the load on my and smiles that slow Wade Kinsella smile right before he asks, are you ready for a wild night in? <laughs> yes, I am, Wade Kinsella. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. Hi, Bim. How are you today? I am fantastic. You are, I can yes. tell. You're beaming. And <laughs> I know why beaming. you're beaming. Why am I beaming? Because there's someone in the studio with us. And who do we have in the studio with us today? A gentleman by the name of Wilson Bethel. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Hello, Wilson. Hey. <laughs> It's an inopportunely timed sip of that tea. That's all right. We, yeah. That's what we're here for. Yes. It's my greeting good. is just like a loud smack of my lips. Perfect. I mean, that's the sound of first aid kit. So there you, you nailed it. So thank you. Right. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's high. Yeah. Well, I tend to I tend to operate at a pretty optimistic level generally. So yeah, I'm doing Aww, good. Excellent. Uh, we're going to start off, you know, some softballs, yeah. and then we'll... And then you start asking me what my greatest trauma is, what yes. my relationship with my mom is yes, like, and then exactly. we go from there. Yeah, right, yeah. Great. It's, it's going to be so smooth, you won't yeah. even feel it. Don't worry about it. Are we going to do like that New York Times joint where you ask 20 questions, and at the end of it, you stare into each other's eyes for four minutes, and then you're in love? Uh, Correct. Sure, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, li- I literally did that, so I'm well equipped. Oh, yeah. I did that for a piece. So yeah. afterwards, when this is all over, I'm going to just... Stare you down for four okay. minutes. All right, done. Love I wish us. I could say I did it for a piece. I did it not for a piece, but on an, on a date. And then oh. I was, and afterward, I was like, I am not in love with this girl. <laughs> oh no! Well, that answers my next question. Yeah. I was gonna be like, so how did that turn out? Yeah, but, no. uh, not so much. And the, the unfortunate thing is, we did it. We like. We kind of knew each other a little bit, but mm. uh, not super well. And it was it. We did it the first day of like a three day ski trip. So then I was like, oh, so then no. the rest of the ski trip was me being like, oh, man, I really like I, we kind of overplayed our hand right up front. Yeah. And now it's just like this awkward come down of realizing yeah. you don't kind of want to be on this oh, ski trip. No. But anyway, that's the last night of a ski trip kind of thing. That's to the do. last night of a ski trip. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really fucked that one. Up. I mean, now, you know, now I know. There you yeah. go. Now I know. It's all a learning curve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so. As Nicole said, we're going to start off super, super soft. Okay. Um, so initially, I suppose the only question to ask is, uh, Wilson, when did you first know that you were hot? <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the, you guys is kind of go to one of these joints. Uh, I don't know if that is a softball. That's that's like uh, that's you know putting somebody on their heels right away. I don't know. I, I take a pass on that one. No. What is okay, that? we'll come back to that. Yeah, okay. we'll all come right. back all when right. you're all loose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what led you to acting? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it was always there kind of, you know, the performative element was always kind of there in my bones. Um, you know, from a young age, I, I performed in school plays and all that kind of stuff, but also I was just like a total ham, you know, I was class (laughs) clown and all that kind of shit. Um, but, uh, you know, in a kind of profession, as far as like a professional track goes, it wasn't until quite a bit later. Um, I originally... Uh, moved to LA to play tennis. I used to play tennis pretty seriously and uh, went there um, 
thinking that I was going to kind of compete playing tennis. Mm. And then uh, ended up having kind of a falling out with my coach and had some injuries or whatever. And uh, and then I was in L.A. and um, and one of the guys who I taught was a, uh, a manager. And so that he kind of got me in the door then at that point. And uh, I remember – so I was like 18 at the time and I did like uh, like slam poetry in high school. You know, I was, like, I was like that. I was like that, that, that particular kind of nerd. Uh, Nicole, you did slam poetry. No, I did not. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. No, yeah, no yeah, yeah. I'm a poet, but I don't do yeah, slam no, or yeah. spoken word stuff. So no. I traced my hands across <laughs> the belly of my queen. <laughs> <laughs> how, oh ma- how, many, how many times did we all hear that poem? Uh, hold on. Okay, let me, let me that, that, that yeah. one of your there originals, though? Oh, that wasn't mine. That was every other dude. Yeah. God I'm bless Lump Poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Like I feel like you have to give us a little sample of some of your work. Yeah. My, no, my shit was always... Uh, I was like... Well, because keep in mind, this was I went to high school in the Bay Area. Mm. I'm originally from New Hampshire, but I went to high school up in the Bay. Um so I would be going to these, me and my brother would be going to these like slam open mics in Berkeley and Oakland mm-hmm. where we, and we were in high school. So I, and so I was like 15, you know, 14, 15, 16. My brother was two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And we were like these scrawny ass white boys in yes, these rooms was, uh, yes. full of like very dready, yes. you know, very, you know, it was like, and it was that very much like the con, you know, conscious hip hop days. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. I, I knew well enough at that time. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to like go into some world that I do not. So I'm just going to be like the weird white guy, okay. you know. And uh-huh. so mine were always like the like weird, like weird um, high schooler sex poems kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my, my go to was a poem called The Perfect Breast. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was. And that was how. It was, just which the is one the, breast. Yeah, just yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, 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 they don't the come one. in a pair. Just yeah, the yeah. one. No, no, no. no. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's all, when, you're, when you're 14, you only need the one That's to go fair. fucking nuts. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I recall it well. Yeah. 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 When, yeah. When you said Oakland, I was like, oh, so you were like the only white person yeah, yeah. at these little spots. Yeah. Then. You know, we were like, I mean, it was it was legitimately, we were like the freak show part of the night. You know, they wow. would be like. Thanks for your help and your service. Yeah. 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 So, but it was, it was, it was amazing, man. You know, it was also, it was you know it was an incredible thing to be kind of exposed to that world and and through slam poetry and through hip-hop and all that stuff you know i think um it was uh you know it kind of was a trajectory into this whole other stuff that was all a a a sidebar because when i went in for like my initial audition for an agent Mm -hmm. you know you have to kind of like prove that you're worth representing or whatever Mm -hmm. and i didn't have any credits or anything i was a nobody so i ended up performing some you know shitty slam poem for this like legit hollywood agent you know and i think it was the same kind of deal where like you know when you're that age if you just have like a tiny bit of gusto you know Mm -hmm. it goes a long way so i was just like yeah i'll perform a slam poem for you (laughs) and the guy was like what the <laughs> what are you talking about? But did you get? Did he but sign yeah, you? Then there he you go. Me, yeah. So you See, know, it clearly was the right move. Yeah, yeah. I still don't. I still don't think he ever saw the perfect breast coming. But <laughs> no one but, ever no. does. No one ever does. That's 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 how the perfect breast gets you. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> okay, wait. So, did that also mean that you dabbled in that you were a rapper for a second? I I did. My brother and my friend, now <laughs> yes, we're getting into some yes. deeply embarrassing, some Lean deeply embarrassing shit. Oh, you're blushing. I love oh, it. Oh God. 
it's the lights. It's the lights. Sure. It's this is, yeah. you, you heard it here first. My brother and I were a short-lived rap duo. Oh, my oh, God. God. This is so No, you have to say the name now. You have, Go for it. <sighs> go for it. <laughs> no judgments. I may or may not have been <laughs> MC Fresh. Oh, my God. And gosh. my brother may or may not have been Koala T. Oh, my God. That's koala like the animal that climbs trees yes. uh, in Australia. And T-T-E-A <laughs> like what I'm drinking right now. Oh, no. That's somehow <laughs> well, worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's M- <laughs> MC Fresh and Koala T on the mic. <laughs> I mean, and I, I actually recently, I, my mom just brought back, she was cleaning out her basement or something, and she found like all these old like notebooks and sketchbooks and shit. And in them, I found one of my MC Fresh rhymes, oh. and y'all, it was bad. Oh, do you remember any of it? No. Yes, you do. No, I actually don't, okay. thankfully. Because if I did, I would probably embarrass myself and show, and, and, yeah. and, and yeah. but nah, that's, thank Okay, God. but can you tell us like, what was your flow like? Like, who were you modeling your flow after? Was this yeah. some like a tribe called Quest kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it was that. I mean, that was very much like our vibe was like, you know, Black Star, Tribe mm-hmm. Called Quest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Gang Star, mm-hmm. De yep. La Soul. I mean, okay. it was that era, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Like, Classics, classics. You know, kind of mid, late 90s. And then and then uh, I graduated high school in 2001. Um, so it was like, I mean, to me, that was like the golden era of like of that conscious yeah. or the mm-hmm. conscious rap, yeah. right? So like mm-hmm. Common and all that. Yeah, Far Side. Um, far like Side, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I mean it was it was in it was in that vein, but then just like a thousand times worse. <laughs> like go down to the to the worst rapper you've ever heard, and then go seventy layers lower. Yeah, I'm gonna urge you when will... you get home to find those tapes and send them to us. Care of Thirst Aid Kid yeah. at Buzzfeed well, because I need to listen to them for quality yeah. control. Like, well, we just... I I will say this: my brother actually ended up. Uh, continuing with his music career. He's a, a music producer now, and uh, and he ended up actually having a really successful career, uh, both in music, but also he ended up coming to school in New York. Uh, he went to NYU, and then he was, like, big on the slam poetry scene here in New York at, like, the New Yorican. And, like, oh, wow. Yeah. He was, like, a legit slam poet. Oh. I was, like, a dabbler. Right. Um, and, and, you know, kind of just more of, a like, a clown. But he took it very seriously, and then mm-hmm. he ended up being in, like, legit hip-hop groups and stuff like that. So my mm-hmm. brother was actually, like, he, he was legit. I was just the. I was just the. I mean, that's fair. But only one of you wrote uh, the perfect breast. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, ultimately, he won. Yeah, I always got that. (laughs) Fuck you, Charlie. (laughs) Your legacy is secure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I've been watching Daredevil uh, season three. Oh, we're not going to talk about the perfect breast all day. I feel like. (laughs) I feel like. I feel like I got some more to say. I feel like the perfect breast is preserved in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, right, so we, right. we, we, can, we can try and be a bit more no, current. No, 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 I mean, no, no. I love your old projects. I love your old work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm really here yeah. for the new stuff. I have yeah. to be honest. I, have I feel to be like honest. I peaked early. But, all right, you want to talk about Daredevil. All I right, guess. Right. some. Yeah. I don't know, some multi-million, whatever. It's all fine. Right. Um, but you play Ben Poindexter, sure, yeah. a.k.a. Dex. Yeah. Um, and you are a killer. Yeah, yeah. How was that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fucking dark, uh, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny, I guess, because I consider myself to be like, I'm not, like I said, I'm like kind of like a, a class clown type. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think most of my friends and family and stuff think of me as, I think, being like a pretty lighthearted, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but we all also have, you know, dark elements to who we are and bad days. And, you know, we all, you know. Um, so this role was very much tapping into just an endless bad day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it was incredibly challenging mm-hmm. um, and really scary. 
just in terms of like comfort zone, you know, relative to the work that I'd done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so that element of it, um, yeah, it was just, it felt like I was way out on a limb in some ways. Can you talk about those challenges of portraying a character that has a mental illness yeah, yeah. that manifests in such violent, senselessly violent ways yeah, yeah. while also holding on to the audience's sympathies? Because people, the audience kind of was like, oh, poor Dex, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for a little bit. So right. can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, certainly... When I'm reading the scripts uh, and thinking about the character, you know, you're always hoping that the character feels real enough and um, and that you bring enough humanity to that character that, that they feel sympathetic. I, I think, thankfully, the writing and, and hopefully in the performance as well, it doesn't feel like you're pushing for to get that sympathy or it doesn't feel unearned. And that, I think, just generally comes when it feels like a, a real person. I mean, real people, if you look hard enough and close enough at them, um, I'm of the belief are mostly sympathetic. You know, everybody's got a backstory. Everybody's got um, a history and baggage and things that, that shaped them negatively and positively. And, and if you just get enough of, of an opportunity to spend time with that person, um, you can hopefully sympathize with them. So, you know, part of that, I think, again, was was a virtue of the writing and just, you know, y'all as viewers getting to spend that time mm-hmm. with me as Dex, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it was never like the, you know, um, it was never my intention to bring sympathy to the character. My intention is basically just to, to, to portray the character as honestly as I could figure out. And, and, and the fact that he struggled as much as he did, um, I think that's a, that's, that, that's a sympathetic, you know, through, through line or that's a sympathetic inroad for, for viewers. So yeah, I mean, and, and then it just became about really, figuring out what that looks like, sort of. Um, you know, I did a lot of reading um, about different uh, psychological uh, maladies and um, and was really moved, I, yeah, very moved, I guess, and, and disturbed in some ways. And, you know, mm-hmm. all the things you, I guess, would imagine you'd be in doing that research. Um, and then was, you know, applying bits of what I was picking up um, in, into the character and sprinkling that in. And then, again, with the writing, you know, there's a lot on the page there, too. And, and so, yeah, I get, you know, I guess hopefully what ultimately comes across is, is something that resembles um, uh, an honest picture of a guy who's struggling in some major ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I would just say is that um, that I think is important to say is that, you know, Dex ultimately f- falls kind of prey to his worst instincts, mm-hmm. but that there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in the world who are struggling to one degree or another with various mental illnesses and not going that way, mm-hmm. right? I think that's certainly part of of what I brought into into my thinking about it in a larger sense is like, Oh yeah, like I have all kinds of fucked up thoughts all the time and I have all kinds of like impulse behavior, but I and I but I've figured out a way to make it work in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but this is a guy who unfortunately um he has his support system taken out from from underneath him and and he can't make it work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can we talk a bit more about the support system cuz yeah. one of the things that actually concerned me about yeah. um the season of Daredevil was this idea that If a man, if it's someone who is uh, a bit unstable, has the love of a good woman, Mm. 
he can protect himself from those dark thoughts and mm. therefore be, you know, protect the world. And it seems like that's putting the onus on a woman right. to make sure that the man stays in check. And I think that that's something that we've just seen that a lot, you mm. know, particularly in this um, climate where sure. a lot of mass shootings are happening because a man has been rejected or assumes that he's been rejected or yeah. just can't stand the thought of being rejected or whatever. Right. So I'm wondering um, what what did you all talk about in order to, you know, to get to that point uh, to, to have Dex, be, you know, concentrate on this one woman yeah. who he thinks will save him. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple layers to that. Um, I, I totally get that perception of it um, because I'm a man, and that was a woman who becomes the focal point of so much energy and obsessive, um, <laughs> you know, energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I would, uh, as a kind of counterpoint, I would say that, like, to me, and maybe there's no way for some people to, to differentiate this, but for me, there was nothing like sexual. A, there's nothing sexual about it. There's mm-hmm. no like sexual power dynamic there. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wants to, you know, I, I mean, forgive my language here, but he's not, he's not, there's no, he's not trying to fuck her. Yeah. Um, he's not trying to violate her in some way. Um, so that's part of it. And I actually don't even think it's really on a more basic level, like a power dynamic thing. It's more, I mean, if anything, there's just, it's more about this kind of purity element of it, which maybe is its its own kind of gender dynamic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least it takes away, I think, some of the kind of the icky creep thing where it's, uh, the, the sex is out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, he sees in this person, um, like a model of how to be a good person. Less than it's about him wanting to be with her or or being in love with her even. Because I don't really think that's it. I don't Mm -hmm. think he wants – I don't think he wants to have a relationship with Julie. Mm -hmm. I think he wants to spend as much time around her as he can because he thinks – in the same way as his therapist, right? The whole deal was that like – Julie is the kind of like the segue from his therapist. He lo- he lost his therapist, who was that, who was that, mm-hmm. who was the person who gave him grounding in the world, who gave him, um, you know, a better b- insights on how to be. Mm-hmm. And and then when he found Julie, he found a replacement for that. And then again, and and in the same way that there was no sexual relationship with the therapist, there's nothing. I don't think any of that plays in with Julie. Mm-hmm. Is that is that kind of? Yeah, I just yeah. kind of want to like put that out there that it still seemed like. The show is what are at least for Dex and Fisk, mm-hmm. there was this idea of there has to be a woman to keep all of those uh, terrible instincts tamed within them. You know, this mm-hmm. kind of like Beauty and the Beast kind of thing mm-hmm. happening, whether it's for Fisk's character. Obviously, yeah. it was more romantic uh, uh, thing. But for Dex, it was this kind of like, I need a new therapist. Here's right. the, here's this mm-hmm. woman. But I mean... I guess there really is no answer to that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the bigger, yeah, like I said, I think the bigger thing is like just, you know, looking for, you know, as, as they say in the in the show, like that North Star, right? The, the right. person to give him a, a, a real sense of like who he wants to be. And, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like the fact that it's a woman is somewhat incidental mm-hmm. in, in, both the, in both the case of the therapist and Julie. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, because ultimately his North Star becomes Fisk. I was going to say, you know? like, that's, I mean, that's yeah. what sold I mean, obviously yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and obviously Fisk, you know, manipulates that in some horrible ways. Right. Um, but, but the relationship that Dex ends up having with Fisk 
is very much an extension of that of that same searching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just and in that case, it takes the, the form of a father uh, father son relationship, mm-hmm. which was very much what, you know, what Vincent and I talked about and and um, and what I had in mind with mm-hmm. that. You know, there's a couple of scenes in particular that, like, I think powerfully um, uh, manifest for me, that sense of a father and son mm. in, in some really disturbing ways, obviously, in, right, the, in yeah. the context. But um, but in the way that a son looks up to his father of like, show me how to be. Right. Um, and, and there was just a different that's just a different version of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's a great parallel with Matt and his dad and how right. both of these guys are just searching for their dads or, right. or versions of a dad. Aren't we all? <laughs> Who doesn't have daddy yeah, issues? Yeah, right. I mean, look, that's the way of the world. I'm not even gonna lie to you. My dad, my dad's a yoga teacher. My dad just text literally on Thanksgiving. Just texted me a picture of him climbing a tree with not a with not a a thread of clothes on in oh, Bali no. the other day. I mean, he's literally my dad. My, this is the 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 email I get from my dad is and is to me and my sister and my brother and is uh, leaving Bali today. I've really adjusted well to life here. <laughs> And it's literally him, like, 20 feet up a palm tree, <laughs> butt-ass naked. That's a daddy issue right yeah. there. Right I'm there. Like, I'm like, all right, Dad. <laughs> Same to you. I'll keep, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lie me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I feel, I feel closer to your dad yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's uh, a character. Well, speaking of yoga, um, can you talk about the physical routines that you had to do to get into the role of Dex? Yeah. Uh, because I imagine that his kind of physicality is much different than what you're used to playing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, for starters, like, I cannot give enough props and respect to uh, the stunt crew who works on, on not just this show, but all these Marvel mm-hmm. uh, Netflix shows. These are, like, the most talented people working in that field um and they are very hands-on um and make themselves available basically as much as you want or need um in that training process so i started working with the stunt team um probably a m- couple like two months before we started shooting okay. doing all different kinds i mean sometimes just fucking around and having fun yeah. um because Let's be honest, these guys' job is basically the funnest, like, most epic job in the world. Um, But then learning a lot of, like, specific skill sets, some of which I felt fairly comfortable in and others, you know, that I was learning a lot. Um, So everything from, you know, different fighting styles, boxing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Thai boxing, Thai kickboxing, you know, um, Krav Maga, all that kind of stuff. Um to you know certain specific weapons training stuff um and then getting into obviously some kind of like fun throwing shit yeah (laughs) um so like we did like we you know and and this is again like at a you know at a certain point this is the onus is on the actor to um pursue this as much as they want and you know it's fun for me i'm a fairly physical person i love getting into this kind of stuff so um so yeah, I mean, I, I was I was having a ball doing you know. There's a an amazing parkour gym over in um, in Bushwick that we you know go to, and I mean it's basically just the funnest place on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, within them with like throwing stuff like these guys, and they train themselves. You know, they're they're learning a lot of this stuff in the moment too. They just happen to be like wildly adept physically. You know, <laughs> yeah. all of these guys yeah. they can pick shit up like unbelievably fast. So these guys all 
uh, became knowing obviously that that I was going to be throwing a bunch of shit. They they started teaching themselves how to throw card throw playing cards. And within like a few weeks, these guys were all like master playing card throwers <laughs> and could throw a normal playing card through two refrigerator boxes like 30 feet away. Shit. This is like a normal like, – this is like a piece of paper essentially. Yeah. And they could – they threw it so hard and so fast that it could go through two refrigerator boxes. I'm like – and these guys yeah. just like – I'm like <laughs> – so anyway, these are the guys who you're like you're working with on a day to day basis, yeah. and they're like, you know, it's it's incredible. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> How different was it for you to take on this mantle specifically because you are playing this this agent, this you know FBI guy who clearly is in like the peak of physical fitness, right. is this master sniper has these amazing moves, and somehow those moves have to uh, work in contrast to Mac. Uh, to Matt Murdock's because, you know, we spoke to Charlie yeah. a few weeks back and he was saying how, you know, DD is some kind of balletic. He's very, you know, he's a gymnast and he's right, very, yeah. and, you know, it's kind of exemplified in the fight that scene between the two of you. Right. Where every time he gets close, he can instill something. Yeah. But when he, there's a little bit of distance, you get to yeah. throwing. Yeah. And so how difficult for it was, was it for you to transition from your own general workout to this kind of like, very focused thing to become Dex in that way. Yeah, I mean, again, it was, I think, um, you know, that's where the creativity of the stunt team really comes in. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's often undersold. Like, these guys, I mean, obviously they're incredibly physically adept, but they're also really creative guys, and they think about physicality in very creative ways. So those conversations, like what you're talking about, those are happening with the stunt team and talking about um, the way that these guys, you know, where their comfort zones are, where they're out of their comfort zone, obviously for Dex, mm -hmm. anytime he has space um, and any object around him, right. um, that's like, you know, him having a great time. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I, one of my favorite bits is, yeah. obviously he's very good at the scissors and the knives yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, but my favorite thing that he does in any fight is when he's fighting with Fisk at the end and he picks up the bowl and just hits him like three times with it. And yeah. I was like, yes, I, I, I love an adaptable dude. He's yeah. kind of like, fuck it, Arr, just yeah. kill him. That always makes me laugh. Yeah. I've watched that scene so many yeah, times yeah. and it's just the way he hits his head and it yeah. kind of bounces off yeah. <laughs> Vincent's head and yeah, it makes yeah. me laugh every time. Yeah. I love the, those little moments of levity in right. Bullseye throwing stuff because it's kind of ridiculous at some point. You have to acknowledge the ridiculousness Absolutely. of this man throwing a pencil at yeah, you. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, and I think that that's where... Um, you know, that's where it's really helpful to have the comics and as, you know, a jumping off point. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if this was adapted from, I don't know, a novel or something yeah. like that, it would I don't think it would necessarily have that that zing, that kind of zing quality yeah. that you're talking about, which mm -hmm. and especially with Bullseye. Bullseye is very much a character who always had kind of a you know glimmer in his eye, right. you know, mm -hmm. even as he was doing evil shit. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the glimmer comes from a certain amount of irony. You know, right. they, this guy is, you know, killing people, doing horrible things, but yeah. with toothpicks and pencil, you know, pencils yeah, yeah. And, and whatever, yeah. you know. I don't know what strings you had to pull to get that waitress a job. It was a waste of your time. And yeah, they train us in counter and tell Quantico. Really think I'm going to fall for some Bush League honey trap? You got it in your head that she means something to me. But she doesn't. She doesn't mean shit to me. So what, you, you had me tailed for a few days, you think you know me? You think you got me dialed? You don't, all right? 
You don't know anything about me. He's a fun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'd go for a drink with him. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, and then slowly withdraw, like, oh, no, this guy's crazy. But before then, we'd have a good time. I, like, oh, I feel like we guy. need to talk about your dating history. <laughs> I said one drink. Yeah, That's uh, it. Uh, <laughs> Just one it drink. always starts with the one drink. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> it's fine. Okay. I've revealed too much. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Wade Kinsella. Oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> Listen. Talk to me, girl. Oh, my God. No, don't do it. <laughs> I genuinely, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just give me a minute. Uh, okay. One sec. Okay, I'm, I'm from the South. I'm from Tennessee. Okay. So it took me a while to get into Heart of Dixie okay. because a lot of times people just don't get Southern accents, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Wade Kinsella has become like one of the TV fictional characters that if I could like mush together to make the perfect man, uh-huh. Wade would be a part of that. Oh, that's very sweet. Where it's what she's thinking isn't sweet. I can no. promise you that. But go on. Um, well, you mentioned earlier that you're typically a class clown. Yeah, Did you yeah. pull from your own history of being a class clown to shape this charming bad boy? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of firmly a believer that like, and like even with Dex, you know, um, any care, you know. I don't know that I'll ever be able to play a character where I can't find some that I can't find some of myself in, um, and then it's just a matter of you know, kind of turning whatever knobs those qualities are you know up and turning other knobs down mm-hmm. sort of. So you know, with Dex, like I was saying, you know, it's like I'm turning up the knobs that you know of self doubt. I'm turning up the knobs of uh, of anxiety, of maybe self persecution of. A lot of di- so those kinds of knobs that that I have, you know, at different times, you know, and then mm-hmm. things that we feel. Um, with Wade, I just got to turn up all the fun knobs, <laughs> you know, and and those those are parts of myself that I love, you know, and and it was amazing too because then um, that's your work environment, you know, so that means that every and, and there were you know there were days where that was hard too. You're having a shitty day and you yeah. just don't feel like kind of putting it on. Yeah, but the the flip side is also true that like sometimes when you're having a shitty day there's nothing better than just having an excuse to just have fun. Yeah. And not and not have an excuse be forced to. Yeah. You know. And that was uh it was an amazing that character was an incredible gift to me in that way where like for 4 years of my life every day going to work I just felt like the light, you know kind of like the I just felt kind of like the life of the party, you know. Yeah. And and not even that that always translated in any given scene on the show but like for me being that character meant bringing that energy to set every day mm-hmm. and and you know maybe some, some of the people i worked with maybe it got tiresome after a while but <laughs> honestly i mean i think i think it was really fun you know like that was because that you know whether it was with the the crew members um or my fellow castmates it was like that was what i wanted i just wanted to to bring that energy um and that's definitely part of me that's yeah. that's 100 percent part of who i am Okay, so now I have to bring it back to this because yeah. um, that's the first time I saw you was in Heart of Dixie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice just got deeper. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very moved by Wade Kinsella. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Whew, hold on. And you have to say his full name. Yes, yeah, he's not yeah, Wade. Yeah, yeah. No, it has to be Wade Kinsella every yeah, time. Yeah. There is one scene, and I'm sorry to play this for you. I apologize if it makes you blush, but oh, okay. it's a scene that makes me so happy. 
in my heart. Okay. In your Uh-oh. heart? Yeah, that's what well, I you're said. You're going to play it I'm going to play it to you. Oh my God. I, I just want you to see it oh and understand. God. I haven't watched Heart of Dixie in years. So that's okay. Yeah. Luckily, we have. So okay. you're okay. <laughs> right, it's, cool. it's covered. Let me, let, right. me, let me show you something. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, Christ. No, no, of course my no, shirt's no, off. No, I mean, that's the only way okay. for your shirt to be. But hold yeah. on. Okay. Hold on. I promise I won't ruin anything else. I'll be back in a few minutes. Fine. You know, I should go too. George asked me to go check in on the lawyer. He Why hired is my shirt off? Him. You just came from the pool. It's fine. Uh, okay. Okay, hold on. I, 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 you just missed a bit, but hold on. You know, I should go too. George asked me to go check in on the lawyer. He hired to fill in for him. Lay it on me. That's the bit. Lay it on me. He said, well, lay it on me. I can guarantee and, that was not in the script. <laughs> and when I first saw this scene, I, like, I... I I yeah. morphed into the screen. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, we'll do, Wade. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. then I had to catch myself and be like, oh, wait, he wasn't speaking to me. Yeah. Right. But it's such a, it's a good scene is what I'm trying to say to I you. So congratulations <laughs> you. on a perfect yeah. scene. Yeah, it was, you know, like, I, it was just one of those characters that the more time I spent with him, mm-hmm. it was like, man, it, it, it ended up becoming a real trip because, you know, I grew up in the Northeast. I'm from New Hampshire originally yeah. and then went out to California. I, I effectively spent like zero time in the South Yeah. Um, when I started that show. I did a road trip right before we started filming the series uh, down through Alabama and, and Mississippi and mm-hmm. spent some really nice time down there um, just to kind of get a little bit of sense of the vibe and the culture or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, I was, this was a complete, like, fabricate you know it was like a, it right. was a total you know this is but an amazing thing happened when that act when i when i started you know feeling more comfortable with that accent and mm-hmm. and just putting you know it, my girlfriend at the time like i would drift into it all the time mm-hmm. yeah you do it, it now would, still yeah yeah like i, I would hear a little piece in yeah. decks sometimes i know yeah. <laughs> it's weird but but it's because it's because because it ended up informing like this whole behavior, it was a, a whole behavior, a whole lexicon that's not, I would never in my life say, lay it on me like that. And, and like, just mm-hmm. like that. Just another minute. And, by, and, that, <laughs> and that wasn't even in this, you know, something like that. I, there ended up being so much stuff that wasn't even in the script mm-hmm. that would just come out, that would just come out of my mouth that I don't even know where it was coming from. <laughs> but it was like this bizarre, it ended up, Wade ended up, you know, becoming you know part of me in yeah. some way and then and then it ended up becoming so like natural and fluid it, w- it was a it was a really cool thing mm-hmm. and it was the first experience i had had um of getting to spend that much time with a character um you know we did 80 hours of that of that show or 80 episodes mm-hmm. of that show or whatever mm-hmm. so um it was uh yeah i don't know it was just it was a it was such a cool experience i mean this is the part in the documentary where they close out and someone says Acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. But you and Chris Williams, formerly yeah. Levon Hayes, yes. um, are now like in this superhero world. Don't right? tell Scott Porter. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got to be on the good wire. Yeah, yeah he's he was, fine. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, golden. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but do y'all ever talk about life's trajectories and how you ended up in these different comic book worlds? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I actually haven't seen Cress since he started Black Lightning. We have texted mm-hmm. um, and and th- through text we have acknowledged the, uh, the the vagaries of fate that have brought us to opposite sides of the, uh, <laughs> the good and evil fight. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's amazing. I'm so, ha- I mean, I'm so happy for him, proud of him. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, from, I've, I've seen like half of the first season of the Black Lightning, he's doing an amazing job on that yeah. show. And it seems like the reception, f- you know, of it has been incredible. So yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm incredibly happy for him. And yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. There are many things that we talk about here on Thursday Kit, um, and there are many things we don't. One of those things is deodorant. I simply slick it on and I leave the house. However, I've got to tell you about this aluminium-free deodorant that has changed the game for me. Kapari is a coconut deodorant and it is aluminium-free. And interestingly, it doesn't suck. It doesn't leave behind that sticky white residue that tends to come when you use deodorants. Um, it has a really subtle scent. I used mine actually on the first day that I went to meet my personal trainer because I'm fancy. And when I came out, I had a very light fragrance still. Um, I didn't feel as though my armpits had drowned uh, in a massive stinky war. The really cool thing is that Kapari offers a money-back guarantee. So there is literally no reason for you not to try it. So go to kaparibeauty.com slash thirst to make the safe switch today and save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash thirst. (sighs) Okay. So I've been wearing glasses since I was about nine or ten years old. Um, my eyes are bad. <laughs> but in the last few years, I've been wearing very specifically Warby Parker glasses. I love the frames. They are beautiful and they are very inexpensive and I love them. So what I tend to do is I go into a Warby Parker shop. I try on 500 pairs of glasses and then eventually I pick one, worried the whole time that I picked the wrong pair, <laughs> etc. And so I was very excited to try Wolfie Parker's free home try-on program. So basically you order five pairs of glasses and then you get to try them for five days. And most importantly, there is no obligation to buy any of them. So you get them delivered to you and when you're done, you also have a prepaid return shipping label. So it's really no hassle. All the glasses start at $95, which is very good for my wallet. And that includes your prescription lenses. Um, And you can also get anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings on your glasses. And for every pair you buy, another pair is sent to someone in need, which is a great kind of fuzzy feeling that you get from buying your trendy new glasses. After you head to warbyparker.com forward slash thirst and place your home try-on order, you can download the Warby Parker app. So basically go to the iTunes store, get the app, and in that it has a companion feature which allows you to take photos wearing all of the frames and then you can stitch that all into a video and send it to your friends so they can judge you on which glasses look best for your face. And if you have an iPhone X, you can basically use the Warby Parker app with their brand new feature, which is called Find Your Fit. And it uses the camera to map and measure your facial features, etc., to find the best fit for your face. So if you have a few seconds, it is absolutely worth trying. So I ordered five pairs of glasses uh, and they came about six days later, which is nice and speedy. And I ordered very different things to what I would normally try in store because I was like, you know what? They're (laughs) They're sending them over. So you might as well just think outside of the box. So I got a very uh, mixed bag (laughs) of frames. So I got um, a pair of red ones. These were my outside of the box uh, pick and uh, 
truly I should have stayed in the box because they are not for me. <laughs> I also got uh, a pair called Lucy in light peach, which is just a lovely thing to say. I got another pair called Haskell. Uh, I also got um, one called Percy. And then I finally got one called Louise. And Louise is kind of like a cat eye and I really, really enjoy them. All the glasses are lovely. They're very well made. They're very sturdy feeling, which has been my experience in the years that I've been wearing Warby Parker frames. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that I know the ones I'm going to go for from these five. The good thing is I got to kind of try them on multiple times in the privacy of my own home. So I'm a big fan of that. One of the very good things about the try-on program is in the box with your five pairs of glasses, there is a handy home try-on handbook. Now, I know you know you don't need help. If you've been wearing glasses a long time, you probably don't need help figuring out what fits. But I have to say this is very useful because it mentioned things like try smiling. If your cheeks push the glasses up, maybe they're not the right frame. Make sure your eyes are in the middle of the top and the bottom. of the. Listen, it was all very, very helpful is what I'm trying to say. And that's not because I haven't been wearing glasses for most of my of my life. I'm just saying it's a very handy thing to have. Um, And the good thing is, of course, I took lots of photos and then I sent them to the first aid kit group chat and I was like hey guys what do you think I got lots of very good feedback so shout out to the members of that group chat who got some unsolicited photos <laughs> of me wearing different glasses and going what do you think so thank you very much guys to order your free home try-ons head to warbyparker.com forward slash thirst today that's warbyparker.com slash thirst for Warby Parker's free home try-on program RX Bar wants to build things the right way. They believe in the power of transparency and let the core ingredients do all the talking with all of them listed on the front of the packaging. RX Bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. It's very important because I am lactose intolerant, Nicole. (laughs) Um, Also, whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there is definitely an RX Bar for you. Um, They come in 14 delicious varieties, all sorts of fruity peanut butter, all that stuff. But let me tell you, my favorites are the nut butters and they are honey cinnamon peanut butter, peanut butter and vanilla almond butter. For 25% off your first order of the bestseller variety pack, visit rxbar.com slash thirst and enter promo code thirst at checkout. Valid in the U.S. only and for a limited time. I have a question for you sure. because you seem a little self-conscious about seeing yourself shirtless <laughs> or, or being, you know, recognizing that you are yeah. often shirtless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, does that make you uncomfortable sometimes? Are there ever moments where you're like, hey, do I really need to be shirtless at this moment? Uh, you know, definitely. I think after the first after the first season or a couple seasons of Heart of Dixie, I, I started becoming self-conscious about it, especially because... Um, as Wade deepened as a character, I, you know, look, I get we're, you know, we're selling products around here right. and, you know, um, and especially on a network like the CW, um, that's probably happened, you know, a certain amount of like. You got to be very pretty to be on the CW. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, eye candy is part of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um and for all intents and purposes, when I signed on to that show, that may very well have been what they in, intended for me. Um, but I, I, you know, and I want you know, I have to give myself a little credit here. I think I, I brought something to that role, and then also, you know, the writing, the way that evolved, and the story evolved. Um, there, there ended up being more depth there to Wade, and and more opportunity. And so at that point, you know, I think it's imp- it's important to recognize. Um, 
when you might be diminishing other, you know, the depth of a character in other ways. And this goes for men, women, whoever, you mm -hmm. know, um, by just you know, making them sexy or something mm -hmm. like that, you know. Right. Um, and if that is ha I mean, and by the way, you know, I think it's important to say a character can be sexy and smart and goofy and and sad. You know, it can be they can inhabit, you know, all those things can inhabit, but it's about striking the balance. And so I was just very conscious, I think at a certain point of I didn't want that stuff to to outweigh the fact that this was also a real character mm -hmm. who had, you know, real you know that it wasn't just about taking his shirt off yeah. and that but that you know i could also re i recognize what the show was and you Thank know you where i so. fit where, where i fit in the show in some ways too i so, mean i was very sympathetic yeah. to your alcoholic father yeah, yeah. but also but, i was yeah. like is he gonna swim or yeah, not yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a, that's always the big question okay good yeah, just yeah, checking yeah one of my uh, favorite episodes is the one uh, maybe season four it was like a whodunit and wait and zoe are in the back of the oh rammer jammer God, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, half naked the whole episode it's a good episode you yeah. know and i gotta say this is not talking about a lot and especially i feel like probably with men um so i'm you know i, I shout out to my shirtless men out there because <laughs> it can get cold yeah you know it gets cold yeah you know and women you know even when they're scantily clad on on tv or whatever they still got something over their boobs mm -hmm. but dudes we're just got not and it gets chilly i'm so okay. sorry so i just i just want to put that out there that all right. for all my shirtless dudes out there who spent you know <laughs> Six, seven, eight hours uh -huh. with their shirt. It's it's hard. Thank you for your uh, service. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate the it. The purple cross is on route. Thank you. We'll Thank get you, you some I'm more glad. hot tea yeah. to yeah, make yeah, up for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I am cooking in here right now, y'all. This thing, this thing's about eight minutes away from coming no. off. <laughs> I don't know what will happen if that does happen. Um, okay. I'll have to call the police because yeah. Nicole, so, I need to restrain you. I'm so sorry. There are so many different reboots and yeah. talks mm. of reboots yeah. and stuff like that happening. Is it possible to get at least a reunion for? Heart of Dixie, maybe not like a whole new series, but I, I mean, never say never these days. You know, yeah. I mean, that's uh, I'm I'm still very good friends with the the show creator Lila Gerstein, and mm -hmm. and I know that that she loves that show. I mean, yeah. like that show is her baby, and yeah. and I don't think anything would make her happier than than doing um uh, some something along those lines. So yeah. I would love to. As I said, I I mean, playing Wade Kinsella was like one of the you know, most joyful experiences of my life. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Do people yell out, Wade can sell it to you <laughs> when they see you on the street? Uh, uh, I guess sometimes, every yeah. now and then. Yeah, it's it's happened. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler, yeah. it's me just yeah. following you around, <laughs> yeah. just yelling. It's always in like <laughs> it's, this British, it's always in this like kind of posh British it's accent. Me. I'm always it's like, me, yeah. I you busted it. I, That's <laughs> I swear there are no British people in Hillsborough, New Hampshire. And yet, and yet. Yeah. Oh, wait. I mean, uh, what? It's yeah, too late. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I give yeah. myself away yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. My mistake. Um, I have the bat uh, at one. What was it? At one point, I forget what the episode is, but there's a, a scene where I have a baseball bat yes. that has civility. That's yes. like civility is carved into it. Mm -hmm. And so I have that baseball bat. Um, I have the Wade Kinsella voodoo doll that I gave to my ex-girlfriend and she gave back to me because <laughs> she was like done with it. <laughs> you but can now keep I'm, that. Yeah, but, yeah. Now, but what's great is it's the gift that keeps on giving because now I'm going to give it to my current girlfriend. She doesn't know it yet. I was at, like, I'm, the Christmas Surprise! is right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I know there are times where she's like, I'm going to kill this mom. <laughs> uh, Allow me to assist yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Here's a doll. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the one that I, I got to be honest with you, I kind of fucked up just because it's too big. But Lila, uh, the, the show creator, offered me the Rammer Jammer sign <gasps> when we finished, and I did not. No. no. It was just so big. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. You paid storage it. for it. You I keep it. No. God dude, damn I, it. I screwed up. I screwed I mean, up. next time. But And then the last thing I would say is that I also ended up just stealing a bunch of Wade's flannels, which I still wear to this day. And then it's really not helpful because then when people are like, Wade can sell from across the street, I'm like, I am literally Wade can sell right now. <laughs> you only have yourself to blame. Yeah, exactly. Can we go from flannels and shirtlessness to yeah. putting on the Daredevil uh, costume? Yeah, I wish I took that. I mean, how come Halloween, that would be a nice little keepsake that, yeah. to have from See, a show. Yeah. You can surprise fans all over the yeah, land. Yeah, um, yeah. What was it like being in that suit? Because obviously, hot. yeah, I can imagine. So, okay, good. Yeah. Tell me more. What oh, else? Oh, <laughs> man, it's fucking hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, it depends. It really depends. To be honest with you, so they, I mean, the amount of work that goes into making those suits is absolutely mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of those suits, I don't want to misquote this, but I believe one of those suits costs somewhere in like the hundred and fifty or $200,000. Yeah, I believe it. I um, it. Just like in terms of how much, there's a bunch of prep work that goes in. Like I had to get a full three-dimensional body scan. They take, you know, plaster casts of basically, you know, your everything and not everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> easy, girl. I I just had to look away because I was like, I'm not going uh, <laughs> to. I'm a professional uh, journalist. Yeah, 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 and I was yeah, like, yeah. he said it. Right. I didn't even say Okay. His Sorry. girlfriend knows yeah. some shit. Get away. You know, I'm not trying to die. <laughs> right. I didn't come to America to die. No. Uh, anyway, that's just to say that, yeah. Mm. So they put a, an incredible amount of work into making those things like, you know, as comfortable as they could possibly be, as functional as they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly um, making tweaks to them. So by the end of it, you know, I would say by like halfway through the season or whatever, it was actually fairly comfortable. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it had to kind of address certain issues. But then there's, you know, you put it on and like you suddenly feel six inches taller. Right. And you feel like a fucking badass. You right. feel like you can actually, you know, punch through a wall. Actually, I did actually punch through a wall, uh, and I broke my hand. By the way, oh. that's a, that's oh, a no. little. You want a little like uh, tidbit, uh, which is that scene. I think it's in episode five, mm-hmm. where Dex freaks out after the date with Julie. Yeah, and he punches through the wall. That take that they used is yeah. me breaking my hand. Um, in that wall they built a normal wall with studs oh. <laughs> so I fucking punched a stud in that scene and, uh, and that's why had, it looks so good though and then had to finish out the rest of the scene with this broken hand and that was the only take that we had so that whole scene everything you see in that scene is me with, after that moment is yeah. all with a broken hand like I pick up a, at one point I pick up a knife off the ground I throw it into the picture with Julie they had to CGI the knife in because I tried to pick up the knife and like my hand couldn't hold it Aww. yeah <laughs> I'm okay. so stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back and yeah. watch that now. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's gross. I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a snuff film for his hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the other thing to kind of 
bring into this um you've kind of mentioned a little bit about feeling six inches taller when you put on the suit and that's kind of like a model of a certain kind of masculinity so i need to ask who did you model when you were growing up Mm. who who did you look at on screen um in popular culture and think oh that dude is someone i want to be like that's a good question uh i mean i remember paul newman and cool hand luke being like just everything to me mm-hmm. at one time in my life. Um, and it was it was partly because he was fun and funny, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never, like, the kind of John Wayne kind of guy, like, the strong, silent type. That was mm-hmm. never, like, I like the guy who's got the fucking sparkle in his eye. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so that that was always way more appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so I don't know that, that I think that's the first one that just comes to my mind. And I'll, I'll right. let that be my answer because that's okay. um, it's a good answer. Yeah. yeah, we love we love him. My, I mean, wh- listen, that, dude, <laughs> I'm a, like if there was a dude I was ever going to fuck, it would have been Paul Newman and Cole <laughs> Hamlet. Let me put it that way. Have, Straight up. We have that, was a good, that was a good looking man. Yeah. He really was. Yeah. Oh my yes. God. We have a de- an episode dedicated to the sexy ghost of Paul Newman. No, yeah. you don't. Yes, yes we, we do. do. Oh my God. We'll take yes. it very seriously. <laughs> we well, bloody love it. I'm in good company then. Yes. All right, fair Speaking enough. Speaking of, how do you feel about Keanu Reeves? Mm. I saw your screen or your yeah. fucking home screen thing yeah. over there. Uh, I mean, I don't think I love Keanu as much as y'all do. <laughs> you got a fucking hashtag Keanu club over here. I mean, I like The Matrix, <laughs> but I only saw the first one. <laughs> Correct. I mean, okay. to be fair, that's yeah. that's yeah. that's the, that's the only one you should have watched. Yeah. To okay. be honest, all right. No. no John Wick. No. Never saw John Wick. You never saw John Wick. <gasps> no. Correct oh it. I know. I know. That's what I hear. I, I've I've been trying. I've actually been wanting to watch that. Okay. Um, well, that's your assignment from Thursday yeah. Kit. Just yeah. a little sprinkle of John Wick okay. and John Wick too. Yeah. No. The Matrix legitimately, and I, I know people have their criticisms of that movie thinking it's like, you know, Eastern Eastern philosophy light or whatever. I think that's one of the greatest movies of, of the last 50 years. Correct. Oh, um, yeah. That's a solid opinion. Yeah. 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 I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about the dudes that you may have modeled yourself um, on. When you were growing up, did you have lots of posters on your walls? In addition to, I'm sure, the far side and most deaf. But was there anyone else on your wall growing up, like men or women? Yes, definitely. Um, oh, man. I'm, why am I so compelled toward oversharing? Please yeah. do. I had, do it. <laughs> until this I was, is a safe space. Yeah, that I don't know that. It, I don't know that it is. Uh, I had I had a, a great big Jaws poster next to my bed. Went up until I was in seventh grade. Um, one corner of which was not tacked down because I had my booger collection underneath <laughs> no. it. <laughs> No. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, yeah. That's so, deep. that's that's yeah. good sharing. Yeah, 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 yeah. thanks. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, who else is on my wall? I had uh, Jaws and Boogers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a well-rounded young man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I had Andre I had an Andre Agassi uh tennis. Like yeah, kind mm-hmm. of montage thing. Mm-hmm. I had uh an, I know I had a Jimi Hendrix poster up there and a Jim Morrison poster. I was big into, you know, 60s rock for mm-hmm. for quite some time. Um That's that's what comes to mind. Those Little pop culture crushes. No, I was never like I never cut you yeah. know, things out of magazines. Right? Yeah. I feel like that was, I mean, not to be like, make it a gender thing, but I feel like that was more like girls did that. They cut, like, I don't so, know. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess some dudes, I don't know. Like, my mom would not have been cool if I had, like, been cutting pictures out of Maxim and putting them on my wall, yeah. you know? Oh, like, that's interesting. Because okay. yeah. it's just a different kind of photo. Like, when girls mm-hmm. had, like, their Leonardo DiCaprio photos on the wall. That was me. I had that. Right, yeah. But that was, like, it was, like, his face. It was, yeah. like, you know. Like, oh, I see. But if, like, you, if a dude did the same thing, it was, like, a girl. In a bikini. In, some, in a bikini or something, mm-hmm. like, looking like a little too sexy yeah. you know right. I mean? and your mom was like not yeah, on my watch yeah, yeah, that's exactly. fair oh, shout out to so. yeah shout out to your mom Good but job. I did also <laughs> it's worth noting I did also have a disco ball in my room <laughs> oh, which okay. which I would fire up from time to time you were supposed oh. to be an actor yeah, yeah, I can exactly. see that so clearly now <laughs> wow the voice of an angel yeah, that's what they tell me <laughs> Just wait, just waiting for that Bee Gees biopic. <laughs> Come through. Oh, actually, yes, I can see that. Right? Oh man, let's yeah. not. in a good way. No, Listen, not. it could work. Yeah. A little falsetto. Yeah. I can yeah. see it. <laughs> I see it. No, I like really. I'm picturing. Oh. I got the wig. Yes. No, no, yeah. No, no. Some bell bottoms. You know yeah. what? I, you know what I would do in a heartbeat. <laughs> mm. And not that I think it's ever going to happen, but uh, the the one bio like music biopic that I, I would do in a heartbeat would be to play Tom Petty. That would be okay. That would be like my that'd be my dream. I think that dude is fucking stone cold rock and roll badass. I'm not even like a big like '80s rock guy yeah. as a rule necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think that guy was the shit. I love Tom Petty's music, and I also can kind of fake his voice. Do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Yeah, come on. You can get me in a lot. You can, you can get me to step in a lot of shit in this room, but I am not no, doing my Tom Petty no. for y'all. But you no. played him when you were on when you were off Broadway. You were playing. Um, you played the, in the. You were an actor in the last match. Yes. And you played it. You played the music for the for the audience. He passed the week that you yes. were. Yeah. How do you know this? I read. I, Listen, we do our research, okay? Wilson, I'm a professional okay. journalist, okay? All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't for the record, that was just like they played that was the house, you know, the house music yeah. as people were exiting. But it's good the house music it's is what I'm saying. Music, and yeah. you must have been yeah. very happy with the choice. Well, yeah, and uh, although I was also kind of heartbroken at the time because I was supposed to go to the last show uh. that he played at the Hollywood Bowl and I couldn't because I was doing that play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was yeah, that was a that was a bit of a bummer. Okay. Yes. Can you sing? Oh my God. You got lucky. Oh, I do love that song. Okay. No, I'm not going to do that. Aww. What if I start to play it and you just kind of come in a little bit? Oh, man. <laughs> this is how I embarrass myself. No! And then, by the way, some, you know, years down the line, they are making the Tom Petty biopic, and some casting director is like, hmm, I wonder if Wilson Beth. And then they he listen to that and like, nope. <laughs> no, no, no. Think, think of the other way. What if they're kind of like, my God, we've been wanting to do a Tom Petty biopic for yes. so long. Who could, who could? And yeah. then an enterprising producer is like, wait, I heard about this podcast called Thursday Day. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they play yeah. this episode and they're like, shit me, it's Wilson. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so that's yeah. all I'm you saying. Know, this could yeah. be. Let me think about it. We can return to that question at some point. All right. Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, but stay on this. Yeah. Okay. I, All right. I've got cool. it pulled up here just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. So what next what next for you? I know uh Daredevil season three literally just came out. Yeah. But what do you have in the pipeline going forward? Yeah. Um well uh different stuff. Um I also write and produce. Um so I've got several of my own projects that uh I'm working on. Um film stuff mainly. Cool. Um also 
secretly, not so secretly, hoping to do. Uh, I don't know if in your uh, enterprising uh, journalistic research you ever un- uncovered a little thing called stupid hype, but I, I am planning on doing uh, a stupid hype sequel. If you nice. want, if you ever want to see how my hip hop uh, roots manifested themselves okay. in in my in my theatrical career, stupid hype is, is stupid the, hype is the jumping off point. Stupid. Yeah, you can Google that. You'll get some <laughs> images that'll be that'll, that'll okay. be very. Uh, uh, be I'm into this. Like I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's me as Vanilla Ice. Not sure if you're <laughs> or like well, it's, it's like a Vanilla Ice like version wow. of Vanilla Ice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's a yeah. lot going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. So oh, that was, bless it. So that was, a, that was a musical web series that I did. Uh, that jacket is quite the ticket. Oh, you have no idea. That's, that's the tip of the iceberg as far as the, as far as the clothes go. I'm so excited to, to really, wow. I'm so Wow, so, these are amazing. Yeah. girl, I was too blind to see just how bad you really wanted me. Yeah, it was hot and seek. I was behind the tree. But your big brown eyes had eyes for me. I don't blame you, girl. I'm really neat. Very, very handsome with perfect teeth. Lots of orthodontists and plenty of bleach. A cucumber mask for when I sleep. I'm pretty much the best, but I'm not vain. Cause looks aren't everything. Looks will fade. Speaking of fade, how does mine look? Trick question. It's off the hook. Just stick with me, baby, like a sticky bun. I can be the frost and you're the cinnamon. You can look pretty and now get paid. And we can make like bricks. we we'll both get laid. Let's get laid. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, uh, with a buddy of mine, we've been talking about trying to do a stage musical of that. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, a couple film projects. I'm also... Um, you know, I this past, over the, the fall, I got really into... Um, the uh, political season. So I was doing, um, I was down in Texas for a number of weeks working mm-hmm. on the Beto O'Rourke campaign. Mm-hmm. And that was really inspiring to me. So I, I plan to continue doing some of that work. And then we're waiting to see about season four. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And Fingers crossed. It's a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty uh, uh, dramatic end to season three. It is a pretty dramatic end. How do yeah. you practice opening your eyes that wide? <laughs> I got big eyes, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was watching a movie last night with Benicio Del Toro, who I just absolutely love. I could look at that guy's face all day. It's just like, he's just got one of those mugs, right? Mm-hmm. And But I'm also like, that dude's eye opens like one millimeter. Yep. And he doesn't have eyelids. Yep. I'm like, what's up, what's up with that? <laughs> Acting. <laughs> like, yo, Benicio, open up. I love how sleepy he looks all the time. All the time. He's just kind of like, like, I'm not going to, like you said, a millimeter. Like, yeah, that's enough. I can yeah, see. Yeah. I love like, it. He's like always on the nod. I appreciate that. I'm like, that's a sleepy man. Yeah. And I understand because yeah. I, I too have run out of hours in the day. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just going to take a nap yeah. while I act. Yeah. I, you know, I can't even be bothered to open these motherfuckers. Do you know what I mean? And I'm still going to win an Oscar. Watch. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Benicio, man. He's, he's very talented. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I, him. I love him, man. I love him. He's great. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think opening my eyeballs naturally uh, uh, just comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Where can we find you online, or where can fans look for you? Are you know Twitter, I'm, Instagram? Yeah, I'm not super active. I am on Twitter. Um, I I you know I'm God you know Godspeed if you want to follow me, follow me. But uh, I don't expect to a whole lot. Okay. Okay. Um, but fair. I'm there. If, you know, it's it. It happens every now and then. I post some 
stupid thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or uh, well, some stupid hype. Or some stupid hype. See what I did there? I, I, it was, it was clear. Thank you. Yeah, it was, <laughs> Thank it was you. pretty clear. You, you, you put the ball there and I kicked it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, there was also no goalie, and it I was mean, like, that's were, neither here nor there. Don't expose me, yeah. God. Um, I think that's good. Great. But if, if you want to leave us with a little bit of wake and Zella, uh, that <laughs> just don't look at me when you do it. Oh I, my God. Hey, girl, I'm looking right at you. Oh my God. All right, you're. I, oh my now you God. can't hide from me. No, stop! <laughs> stop! It's too much. Y'all are having a meltdown right in front of me. I am going to send some good text today. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm so happy oh, inside my chest. Uh, I'm so happy. Oh my God! It's wake and Zella. Hey, lay it on me. Oh my God! <laughs> Uh, it's been a mighty pleasure. Oh thank my God! You. Stop! Thank you. Yeah. Wait, I mean, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, hold on. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Hey. Uh huh. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> He's like, I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> Eddie waited till he finished high school, went to Hollywood, got a tattoo. He met a girl out there with a tattoo too. The future was wide open. Nicole, hello. Hi, Bim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, we had lovely Wilson Bethel in here. I don't know how it's possible, Mm -hmm. but I am in crush even more. I feel like if he hadn't left when he did, I probably would have thrown myself at him. Listen, Mm. when he did the Way Kinsella voice, Mm -hmm. it was, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even look at him. It was too much for me. And I just, (sighs) my southerness is ashamed. Listen, it was like a hot knife going through butter. (laughs) Like, you could see us just kind of going, oh, my God, do it again. It's just, Uh, how can you be that potent and just walking around like a normal person when you have that? No one man should have all that power. (laughs) And I am distressed by how powerless I was against it. What an effective. Yeah. Who are we? I've got shivers. Yeah, um, that was <laughs> that was a cold. really good interview. And I'm glad that we were able to do it. <laughs> I am more than glad. I, you know what? We already said before he came, we were like, oh, my God, we're going to have to struggle not to call him Wade. Yes. And we, to, to our credit, because we are professionals, mm-hmm. we didn't call him Wade. But in my heart, that's all. There was a voice in my head that was like, oh, my God, it's Wade Kinsella. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But seeing him, talking to him, I don't know, touching his arms, all that good stuff means that, as we've established, it's very hard to actively thirst about someone right once you've met them and they're a human being <laughs> that right. sounds so bad but like once you have that connection with someone you look into their eyes you've asked them about their mm-hmm. hopes and their dreams and mm-hmm. their past and their future yeah you can't then kind of be like eh, and then it's just i can't write i can't write <laughs> I, no. no yeah it's um it was too difficult for us to write about wilson bethel um yeah. so we decided to do something a little different mm-hmm 
because it's the end of the season, yes, we decided that we were going to think about our most shameful crushes. Right. And that's the thing that comes up where people kind of say, what do I do about this crush that I have, but I hate myself for? Yeah. And we always kind of go, we don't want to yuck anyone's yum, etc. Mm-hmm. Because listen, the foof wants what the foof wants. We've established <laughs> this over the course of three seasons. We know. That sometimes you can't help your base urges. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to give in to it. Yeah, you have to be very basic. And it's okay yeah. to be basic. It's more than okay. <laughs> it's acceptable. It is, It is. you're allowed. That is your prerogative. If you're paying taxes, be basic. It's yeah. yours, okay? Yeah. Your crown, your first <laughs> crown has already been bought and paid for. You might as well be basic. Lean into it. And that's what we're doing in this very special edition of Fanfic Wars mm-hmm. in which our drabbles mm-hmm. are about our most basic and slash most shameful slash most, oh my God, what am I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those crushes. Yeah. And they're not like bad people or anything. Oh, no. You know, it's th- we're not talking about problematic faves. No. You know? that's, a, that's a whole yeah, different category. That's something completely different. That's not what we're doing. But we're just talking about, you know, those people that, you know, light a very, very basic fire within us <laughs> Do you know what i love the idea of a basic fire being different to like an unbasic fire but i love this i love all of this i'm very into it nicole i'm excited to hear who your basic crush is and the person you kind of like ugh, cover your face you're like oh my uh, god okay this is getting into some of the um sexy ghost territory i okay? love it i'm already in uh this person has already passed away oh, god R. bless R. him <laughs> and um it's Jimi hendrix oh wow now, i know that you're like what's wrong with liking Jimi hendrix indeed i am like that but it's so basic to see like this rock star this mm. rock guitar god this you know shirtless yep. strong bird chest of a man <laughs> out here on stage lighting yeah. guitars on fire and shit you know yeah. maybe a little hot well not a little hot but you know maybe some stuff is going on uh-huh. and you look at him and you're just like sweat on me <laughs> <laughs> wow wow what an insight into the psyche of Nicole Perkins sweat on me as a as a final thought wow <laughs> Sweat on me. Oh my gosh. Mate. So, okay. I'm sorry. I feel like that was the drabble. I love it. I'm so. That was it's a one line drabble. Sweat on me. It's perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear what you have uh, written about this basic uh, fire lighter, this, this crush that you are slightly ashamed of. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. I'd fallen asleep on the floor, but the thwick, thwick, thwick of the film projector spooling aimlessly woke me. I peeled a tarot card, the magician, from my cheek and looked for Jimmy. He was shirtless on the couch, jeans unbuttoned, staring at the blank screen, absently running a cloth over the guitar in his lap. The thick, fragrant smoke between us let me know what he'd been doing to occupy himself while I crashed. (laughs) He leaned his head back, his fro smooshing, and began picking at the guitar strings. I'm not sure if he knew I was in the room. A song flew from his fingers, the sound of the projector his beat. How does this man hear music in a malfunctioning machine? How can he pull a song from his fingers this way? If he touches me, what song will I sing for him? Before I could stop myself, I crawled over to him and rested my head against his knee, my eyes searching for his. He must have sensed my need because he looked down at me, my hand on his leg, the room smoke and the plea of my heart surely making my eyes gleam. Mm. What do you need, little mama? He asked me, his fingers still plucking away. 
I felt the movement of his music through his body. Will you touch me? Wow. The end. <laughs> you don't get up and get the fuck out. <sighs> Man, <Listen>. Jimmy. Boy. <laughs> Brother Jimmy. What are you doing? You know what? I get it. <laughs> I get it. I feel like that Monique meme response, I would like to see it. <laughs> I... <laughs> I feel like if that was a scene in the Jimi Hendrix story, I'd be like, yeah, I would like to see it. Because <laughs> it evokes something, right? Yeah, I hope. You know, the I... slightly, that, that kind of slightly aloof, but like also there because yeah. there he is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. All right. I guess uh, <laughs> sexy ghost, Jimi Hendrix in the house. Right, hashtag sexy ghost. Hashtag Sexy ghost. <laughs> Bim. <laughs> yes. Now, who's your shameful, shameful crush? All right, listen. Um, I'm not proud of this in any way. Mm-hmm. I've alluded to this person on Twitter in the past. <laughs> I hate... Let me, let, me give you, let me give you an illustrative story about my crush on this guy. Mm-hmm. One time I was walking home. This is many years ago, around the time of the first Sherlock Holmes movie. Okay, right. Directed by Guy Ritchie. So you already have a fucking idea of who I'm uh-huh. about to talk about. And it is not RDJ. It is not RDJ. That is not my ministry. God bless him. But I was walking towards my flat. This is back in Finsbury Park many years ago. And there was a poster of this man. And he had a smirk on. And I laughed. I'm sorry. Because he just looks like Charlie Brown now. I laughed out loud at the absurd lust that coursed through my body. I was like, what the fuck am I responding to in this basic fucking package? And the answer was every fucking thing. Okay. He has a gleam in his eye. Uh-huh. He has a smirk to his lips. Uh-huh. He looks absolutely fucking filthy. Yes. And I think that is the core of what draws me to him, even as I hate myself for being drawn in. Because uh-huh. he's just this basic, you know, hairline receding. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing I, wrong. Yeah. You know how I feel about bald dudes. Yeah. Lean in. Whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like he's such a average white man, mm-hmm. and we're and we're talking about you can say his name. Oh, now. okay, now yeah. I can. I guess yeah. it's Jude Law. <sighs> it's Jude Law. I, I'm, I'm saying it like I'm, I'm tossing out his name. I'm like, oh, fucking Jude Law. Oh fuck. <laughs> but I cannot lie. The crush is so real that when I see him, I laugh out loud. Like I'm just kind of like, what is fucking do? <laughs> like he's magical. I don't know what it is, but he has like a real sexy like. Old elf energy. I don't know what old it is. Elf. But okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like he's been around. He has seen the world change many times, and each time he just has these tricks. And I just, yeah. I know it. I, I know it. Who are we? <laughs> Sorry, I choked on my. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> Same. Um, but I recently watched that movie. What is it called? The Holiday. Yeah. Hol- yeah. Yeah. The Holiday. Um, it's terrible. I love it. Yeah, I had never seen it before, and I watched it last year. Mm-hmm. And there is a moment where. Um. Yeah, there's a moment when Cameron Diaz comes to the door of his house or cabin or whatever, and mm-hmm. she realizes that he has a child. Yeah. And his character, she's like, "Are you daddy?" And he's like, "Yes, I'm daddy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jude." That was the, like the one moment that well, I you was, saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, but I did see it in Alfie too. Oh, okay. So Alfie is like my kryptonite. It's just I watch it and I'm just like, why am I? I felt like Nia Long in that. I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I, I understand exactly why she slept with this guy. I mm-hmm. fully understand why she was 
it was a reckless it, she really risked it all yeah and i was like wow can relate yeah. like 100 relatable yeah and it, everything about it should be cliche and terrible and instead i'm kind of like oh my god tell me again <laughs> like i hate i hate and yet here i am here you are beholden to my libido yeah so i'm, I'm ready to hear this drabble about this terrible <laughs> filthy man <laughs> all right give me a sec let me collect myself Today, Jude was wearing a thick jumper, the green of his eyes made startling by the ocean blue of the soft wool. He was looking at me from beneath his lashes, a move that should not have worked, indeed, should be almost juvenile on a man of his years. But it was working. This was the fourth time in as many weeks we'd agreed not to see each other anymore, and yet here we were, again. I watched him where he'd paused, putting on his wristwatch, then mm. his signet ring. Lord, I hate that ring. And stepping into his trousers. He was... <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> you done? Yes. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. All right. <coughs> wow. He was moving now, coming to a stop to lean over me, kicking aside the soft pillow discarded there an hour or so before, his hands pressing into the mattress. When are you back in London, he asked, his voice a perfect mix of gravel and silt. Now it was my turn to look at him steadily through my lashes. Who says I'm coming back? I threw back at him, wearing a smirk more usually found on his face. Well, maybe I'll come to you, he said pointedly. I laughed outright at this, and he pouted. What? he protested, drawing out the vowels. Let's not do that again, I warned. You do you, and I do me, and you don't have to pretend you want anything else. This is good for neither of us. The air went still between us. The seconds licked down silently as we stared at one another. There were questions that were unlikely to be answered and answers that we didn't want to acknowledge. We just don't make sense. Likely never will. Except here, like this. His eyes grew stormy and mine followed suit. Eventually, eyes suddenly clear, he smiled. That slow, shark smile that makes me sigh and mildly hate myself. And as if by pre-agreement... I smiled back. I pulled him down to me, arms connecting around his neck. So this is farewell, he asked. I nodded. For now. Okay, okay. So y'all were doing some things for an hour with the pillow on the floor. We were painting. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the pillow is on the floor. Yeah. I was painting him like one of my French girls. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's nice. <laughs> so... That felt like a real expose into my mind. Yes. That was me rejecting Jude Law, even as I accepted Jude Law. Yes, I see. Mm -hmm. That's shame for you in action. Mm -hmm. That is just kind of like, why? Why am I here? And yet, you know, taking off my shoes. Why am I here? Taking off my coat. Why the fuck am I here? It's like, fam, you've made yourself at home. Yeah, it's like me with my cold drinks and, you know, I'm popping the top and I'm like, I got to stop drinking these shits. And I keep drinking them. <laughs> exactly. It's so refreshing. Oh, yeah. Letting out, like, you know, slightly unearthly sighs as the yes. drink hits the inside of your mouth. Fam, uh, listen, whew. Jude Laura's Diet Coke. I've seen it. I get it. I understand. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So yeah, those are two of our, and that's the thing, by the way, these are not exhaustive lists of who we're no. ashamed of fancying. No, <laughs> I want you to not know, at all. <laughs> I have a closet full <laughs> of terrible options. This is just one of them, and Jimi Hendrix is just one of Nicole's. But yeah. you get to tell us which shame you connected <laughs> more happily with: <laughs> the rock star guy Jimi Hendrix, uh-huh. or Jude Law, 
playboy actor extraordinaire. Basic white man extraordinaire. <laughs> Literally unspecial in every way. Extraordinaire. That's who I fancy. Yeah. Wow. How many kids he got? I don't know. 17? I don't know. I don't know. Man, God bless him. That little Charlie Brown is busy. Listen, it's like he's <laughs> allergic to fucking latex. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> snip it, Jude. <Jew>. Snip it. <laughs> maybe, maybe he, maybe he's a great dad and he loves having sure. kids. I yes. mean, why not? Lean into your gifts. Yes. Anyway, if you would like <laughs> Jude Law, the Lothario of my mind, to win the fanfic wars this week, or if you prefer Jimi Hendrix, a classic basic bay of your own making, mm-hmm. come on in. Pick one. We're going to put up uh, a poll on our Twitter. Right. And you can vote. We're going to let it kind of sit with you for a day or so and then you can decide, uh, who was I more moved by? Mm-hmm. And then you vote and then we, you know, literally, there is no prize. But <laughs> the key thing is, as we say every week, Nicole, we're all winners. No one is a loser. Mm-hmm. It's all for fun and, you know, it's just important practice to vote. You know what I'm saying? Just, wow. If you don't do any other kind of voting... Vote in our Thursday Kid Twitter polls. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, it's good practice it so that you can actually get out into the polls <laughs> yes. and, you know, help change the world because Lord knows we need it. But wow, what a political message, Nicole. I know, love it. That's as explicitly political as we'll get mm-hmm. on this show because mm-hmm. people need a break. They do. They know? do. But yeah, come on out and vote for Jude Law, Jimi Hendrix. Two J's. Just. Just make it happen. Make it happen. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in. The water's lovely. The water's basic and lovely. <laughs> it's it's really yours. Come on through. <sighs> Jude Law, you know. Wow. All right, Bim. That's a wrap on season three. Mm. Yes, it is. <laughs> what a season it's been. It has been a ride. Yes. So thank you all for your ears all season for coming to our Thirsty Movie Nights and to our live shows with the Sci-Fi Fangirls at New York Comic Con and also to the Hot Dogs Podcast Festival in Toronto. We appreciated that. Yes. I also want to thank all of our guests that we had this season. We had so many guests. Um, Essence Gant, Kathy Tu, and Tobin Lowell of the Nancy Podcast. Uh, Hunter Harris, uh, Alana Bennett, and Jenny Han. Preeti Cheeber and Cher Martinelli of Sci-Fi Fangirls. Ashley and Kia, a.k.a. Rashon Street Team. Uh, Kyrell Grant and TK Matunda, Kerio Traber and Ishoke Smith of Cheers and Queers. Camila Salazar, our producer, who produced and co-presented the bonus episode, Tack in Espanol. Lovely, charming Charlie Cox. <laughs> and today's special guest, the amazing Wilson Bethel. Yes. Wow, what a roster. I know. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who participated in our one-year anniversary compilation. Uh, all the names are listed in the episode description, so make sure you check out both the episode and the video because there are treats within. <laughs> Thursday Kit is produced by us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewunmi, TK Dutess, and Camila Salazar. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at First Aid Kit, and we are also on Twitter at Tennessee Whiskey Woman, that's T N Whiskey with an E Woman, and Bim Adew, that's B I M A D E W. Plus, we are on Tumblr at First Aid Kit Podcast.tumblr.com. There are so many thirsty gifts you will not believe your eyes. Come on over. <laughs> Please head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and rate the show. It helps other people discover us. I don't know why they don't know who we are yet, but they're out there. Um, and as always, we appreciate five stars. Yes. If you live tweet your listen, please make sure to use the hashtag TACPOD. That's T-A-K-P-O-D. And you can send us emails of loyalty and love and all the other good things to thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. 
And listen, this is the end of season three. Make sure you stay subscribed so you can get the latest news. But most importantly, as always, stay thirsty. It was good. I'm, I, I literally I saw that and I was like, well, there has to be a season four. Yeah. Because now... It sure like, does seem that way. But, I you know, know, they're canceling these motherfuckers they these days. Are, they are. They are. Are they really canceling them? Are yeah. They... I mean, well, as opposed to what? <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, what do you know that I don't? <laughs> <laughs> There's all this red tape and stuff happening, these deals behind the scenes. Like, they might pop up some... Look at your face. Look at your face. Well, I'm looking at you like you're the fucking oracle, suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> just don't be surprised like, I'm like about to shake you like an eight ball and be like am I going to have a job next month yes oh wow all, oh, okay. all signs point to yes, yes. all signs yes. point to yes ask another time later yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> dear thirst buckets you asked we delivered thirst aid kit merchandise is now available in the official BuzzFeed shop go to bzfd.it forward slash shop Tac Pod. That's S H O P T A K P O D. And have a look at what's available. We'll also post the link on our Tumblr and on our Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kid and on Tumblr at thirstaidkidpodcast.tumblr.com. Nicole, I'm so excited we have merch. I can't wait to see everybody wearing their merchandise. It's, it's been a long time coming. Listen, <laughs> people are going to be out here just, you know, selling the story of Thirst Aid Kid while showcasing, if they have them, their breasts in a classy but obvious fashion. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see everybody in their shirts, to see all the pop sockets on phones, whatever else is out there. I don't want to give too much away. I feel like people are going to begin to send us photos, and that's what I'm most excited about. I want to see people wearing and carrying BuzzFeed Thirst Aid Kit merchandise just out in the world. Uh, I'm so excited already. I just can't wait to see everybody's pictures. Exactly. So one more time, what was that uh, shop link? Go to bzfd.com. IT forward slash shop tech pod and buy everything. <laughs> what a directive. I love it.